Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm Fernando Shimoda, your host of the Leading the Charge, back from quick vacation period. Uh, and really glad to be able to talk about Bills football again. The Bills are back, uh, back in the training camps now at St. John Fisher College. And the preparation has really begun to the season, towards the season. Real football is back in the fold, and I'm really happy to be here to be able to talk about Uh, the news coming from the Bills training camp and a lot of stuff has already happened at St. John's Fisher College and I'm here to give my opinions about all the news that are coming from there and I can't wait to hear from you too so be feel free to be to to comment on the the chat here or via YouTube comment section or even at the Buffalo Rumblings website or blog we can comment and and have great interactions there. So uh, I'm excited to be able to talk about Bills football again and can't wait to see the ball flying in real game situation. We are a couple of weeks away of it, but the news are coming from the from the practices, a lot of competitions from some spots, uh, star players back in the fold. It seems everything is all good okay. <laughs> again at the one Bills drive. So uh, I'm going to, do a, a, an hour-round uh, observations about the roster, about the competitions, about all the news that are coming from from St. John's Fisher College. And and first of all, I want to give a, a shout-out to all the guys who are there being able to send us all the news and with pictures, videos, information about what's happening up there. So thank you so much to... To our guy from Buffalo Rumble, Ajay Sibuski. He's out there doing an amazing job. Also, all cover one guys, especially Greg Thompson, who's a, a constant presence here in the leading the charge. Also, as a, a, a guy who I, I always love to invite to the show. And he's also doing an awesome uh, job covering the team from the practices. And obviously, the, the main guys, Matt Perino and Sal Capacho, they are doing a great job there and they can give us a lot of information to talk about. So that's one, what I'm going to do today. Glad to be back from vacation and ready to roll. Uh, feel free to comment via comment sections, chat. Let's interact. Let's have a good time in this Leading the Charge. Every Friday now, that's your new time for your Leading the Charge. No more on Tuesdays um, late in the, in the afternoon. And now every friday at noon east uh the the official leading the charge time always the fully english version every friday at noon east so it's gonna be your pre-game show we're gonna be able to talk about a lot of the 
the expectations for the weekend games. And then again, every Sunday after the Bills games, when the Bills play early in the afternoons, the leading the chart will roll right after the game, uh, when it's the late afternoon game, or when it's the early afternoon game, then 1 p.m. games uh, leading the charge uh, will be on live at 7 p.m. East every Sunday, the Portuguese version. And right after, I will record the, the, the quick observations from the game in English too every Sunday. And when the Bills play the, the, the primetime games in the, in the, in, on Sundays, the Linear Charge will be a pregame show again at 7 p.m. East. So that's the new schedule for the Leading the Charge. So you can be aware and, and follow us and, and stay uh, in touch with all Leading the Charge. It's, it's going to be a, an awesome season. I'm excited to be able to share my, my takes, my point of views with you, and also to, to discuss uh, the best part of this job is being able to stay in touch of Bills Mafia, discuss, share our opinions and, and, and learn from others to uh, give an opportunity to all Bills Mafia to be able to voice their opinions here in the leading the charge. Uh, the chat is always open. You always can interact. It's going to be a blast, I'm sure. So talking about this training camp, it just started the, the third practice just finished at St. John's Fisher College. And we've had plenty of news in this, those three first practices, those first three uh, days of Bills camp. The Bills are going to rest tomorrow. They're going to have their first break of these training camps on Saturday. And they will be back on the field on Sunday, this time with shoulder pads on and, and uh, work more, more related or more of uh, real football stuff. From on Sunday on. So the players can't wait to be on the field wearing their shoulder pads and, and doing real football stuff. And we can't wait to, to, to watch it and to, and to see how the competitions goes when the pads are on. With the first three days of practice, no shoulder pads, but a lot of team work and, and a lot of competitions already. I'm going to give um, a view of the, the roster overall, the, the competitions are on the roster, both sides of the ball, coaching staff. But I want to start talking about Stefan Dix, who has been uh, the centerpiece or a big part of the drama that was established around the Bills during this offseason. Uh, I, I was pretty critical of Stefan Dix during the offseason. I think his behavior during that Bengals game wasn't uh, appropriated for a team captain and 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 it's a it's a straight facts it's he was the reason all this stuff uh became such a, a hot topic around the league okay uh, there is no way around it he was responsible for his actions and for showing it out in a way that everybody could make it become a team for the Bills in this offseason. With that said, the way he was able to stand in front of the media, not just answer tough questions, but encourage those, those tough questions and, and, and ask them, for, uh, ask for, for the, the reporters to, to ask him the tough questions and the way he could answer them and the way he could 
position himself in front of the media and clear it out. I think he couldn't have done any better than the way he did. I think he really uh, stood up like a team captain in front of the media and, and cleared all the, the, the doubts about what was going on. He was firm. He was uh, decisive with, with his comments. And, and I believe he did a great job there uh, clearing it up. Uh, was he responsible for everything started back in, in the playoffs game last season and becoming a thing off season with his cryptic tweets and things like that? Yes, he was. But the way he stood in front of the media and, and finished this conversation, I think he couldn't have done any better. And and I was really pleased with the way Dix uh, uh, did his job as a team captain, commented and answered all the reporters and and, and put, really put this all this conversation, just like he said, water under the bridge. I was happy with his, his the way he carried himself and the way he could make it a thing of the past and focus on what's going ahead of the Bills, what's coming ahead of the Bills. So really great, great uh, posture for, from our team captain. And it's also undeniable, just like I, I told you, if this was the main reason all of this stuff become a thing, it's undeniable that no matter how Sean McDermott dealt with this situation during all of season, during last year's game, after the game, he unfortunately uh, let uh, he spilled the, the beans with that declaration of "I'm concerned." Like those three words were enough to make this thing blow out of proportion, maybe, or even if it's not blew out of proportion thing, but it came, uh, it became uh, a, a thing of everybody. Uh, Everybody became aware of the, the stuff when he said those words. I'm concerned. I'm concerned he, he let everybody... If your head coach is saying he's concerned, we are uh, we have the, the right to be concerned too. So uh, I can't understand people out there saying, oh, it's nothing. Uh, Bill's Mafia is making up stuff. No, it wasn't Bill's Mafia making up stuff. Uh, Dick's behavior happened, and Sean McDermott's words were said out loud to everybody who could listen. I'm concerned. So when he was concerned, Bills Mafia uh, got the right to be concerned too. I'm happy that Diggs didn't shy away from any questions and really did a great job finishing this conversation. I think as long as Bills are winning games and as long as Allen is feeding Diggs and it's going to happen naturally because that's what happens in this Bills offense. Stephon Diggs is the main target. Josh Allen is the main guy. They are the main players on the offensive side of the ball and they are going to be the main guys to beat opponents and to get the most of this, the book of the production of this Bills offense. So as long as Diggs is producing, Allen is producing, the Bills is, uh, uh, are winning games, more games than losing, I think Diggs is going to be happy and we won't have any problems. But but uh, if the Bills struggle, if the Bills start losing games, or maybe if the Bills continue to be successful but struggle in the next playoffs again, we can maybe hear again from Diggs. Diggs, in his own words, 
he said, oh, I'm human. I can sometimes voice my opinions and I can make some mistakes, but it's all good. So uh, he wears his emotions out on his sleeve and, and, and he can showcase them again, no doubt. That's who Stefan Diggs is. But, but until that point, until the Bills really struggle against competition and start losing games, I don't believe we're going to have any problems with Stefan Diggs. Marcelo is even commenting here in the chat saying, Hi, Fernando, go Bills. Apparently, Dorsey is coming with new ideas. No doubt, during the, those first three practices, we could see the a lot of interesting stuff from, from Ken Dorsey. Uh, a lot of new formations, especially with 12 personnel and two tight ends. It was expected with Do, uh, Dawson Kincaid being the shiny new toy for the offensive coordinator, the first round pick, and, and a guy who's who's been the real deal during this part. Let's be careful, guys. During this part of the offseason, no shoulder pads. Uh, Dalton Kincaid has showcased his athletic ability. He's, he's show, showcased he, that he's healthy again. His hands, his fluidity, his mobility, that he really can be a mismatch, that linebackers are going to struggle to cover him. He has showcased all of that. I want to be careful because it's tough to put too much pressure and too much expectation into a rookie tight end. And even before he has practiced with the shoulder pads on. So I really don't want to uh, put all this expectation on Kincaid. But the way the Bills has built this offense, it's really tough for us as fans to not expect uh Dalton Kincaid to be a big part of this offense because uh, other than Kincaid, what were the other other weapons added to this Bills offense? Uh, they were like free agents that have their potential, but they weren't like uh, the, the big-time names out there or the superstars out there. Uh, we have Gabe Davis coming back. We have Khalil Shakir entering the second, his second season. And then we have Deontay Hardy. Uh, a guy who the Bills wanted really bad in this this offseason, and they went after him really quickly when the free agents opened, and, and even kind of overpaid for him, but it shows that there was real interest in this guy, and, and the expectation is that he can be an upgrade over McKenzie, offering sort of the things that McKenzie already offered to the team, but as an upgrade, with yard after catch, with the, the ability of making people miss, and even with his uh, abilities as a returner, with the news of Nahim Hines, it, that, those were actually the news that opened the Bills' uh, training camps. Nahim Hines out of the year uh, with uh, injury not, not related to football, and the Bills lost their, their returner, one of the best returners in the league. So Deontay Hardy is a former All-Pro, returner especially on punt returns he can make people miss he can uh hit the home run there but he he's had some issues with ball security so that's why he's in a competition the the special teams coach today was interviewed and named Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir the main competitors uh competitors on the the returner spot the returner job with Micah Hyde being the emergency guy accordingly to the own our own coaches. So when the Bills want ball security, Micah Hyde is the guy who's going to be out there. But 
Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir are going to compete, not just for, for, for reps with the first-team offense in the slot or even lining up outside and allowing the Bills to move digs to the, to the slot here and there, but also for the returner job. Uh, another addition, uh, Trent Sherfield from the Dolphins, a guy who who's had his moments with the Dolphins last season and who has impressed, especially today in the third day of the training camps, this Friday uh, in the practice that has just finished. Sherfield had a great day, one-handed catches in the, the, in the end zone. And uh, Josh Allen has already voiced how uh, hard work kind of guy is Sherfield and he's really a lot of people have a lot of people have him as as ahead even ahead of Hardy and Shakir right now in the fight for the wide receiver number three spot so uh, there is a real competition there but none of those additions were household names like oh we added DeAndre Hopkins okay we know that DeAndre Hopkins is going to start alongside Stefan Diggs no it didn't happen and so with the names that were added as weapons for Josh Allen, obviously the highest expectations are over Dal uh, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, it's fair since of uh, he's the first round guy and, and the other additions aren't big time names. But with that said, he's still a rookie. It's, it's tough to put so much expectation over a rookie uh, tight end. And I'm sure he's going to compete with these, those guys too for snaps uh, in the slot or even that move tight end spot. The Ken Dorsey has added more formations with two tight ends and those formations can easily become three wide receiver sets if you just split Kincaid out of the formation of out of the offensive line to the to the slot wide receiver spot. So I'm excited to see how Dorsey works with it. Uh, there were a lot of reports, again, from the guys that are out there, Ajay, the cover one guys, uh, Greg Thompson, and other people who's been able to be there watching and, and record and take pictures of the training camps. They've seen a lot of new formations taking advantage of this versatility of Kincaid and other guys. The Bills lining up, lining up in diamond formation, a formation that looks like a heavy set for run purposes. And then when the defense line is up, the, the offense simply spread out all the guys in an empty backfield and create mismatches, having Kincaid lining up against a, a middle linebacker and, and some mismatches that can be exploited. So it's really interesting. Uh, people have said that there's been a lot of movement, praise net movement in this Ken, Dorsey, uh, Ken Dorsey's offense. I don't believe it's new. I think he used a lot of pre-snap pre movements last season too, moving especially Stefan Diggs from one side to the other, uh, allowing Josh Allen to recognize the coverage to see if it's man or zone coverage easier, and even to let Stefan Diggs cook against linebacker safeties uh, inside. It's a great way to create mismatches with your best weapon. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of this for Diggs, for, for Kincaid, and, and for others too. So I, I like what I'm hearing about how Dorsey has uh, prepared his offense during these first three practices. Let me know if you agree, disagree. Uh, and please hit that like button and subscribe, right? Because we are out here 
uh, hitting the 20-minute mark in the leading the charge, coming back from vacation alongside the Bills. And I surely count on your 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 hits on that like button, subscribing to the Buffalo Rumbling channel, but also subscribing to my own channel, Fernando Shimuji, uh, following my Twitter, at Fernando Shimuji, uh, my Twitch, uh, slash FH1S Live, a lot of Madden content coming out soon. Um, and I count on you to, to hit that like button, subscribe, and, and, and help the leading the charge to... to to achieve its goals and, 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 and reach for more audience and more Bills Mafia all over the world. Okay, a quick 10 seconds for our sponsors. So, Mafia, with the big situation solved and... and already talked about Ken Dorsey and, and the offensive side of the ball, not specifically about the players, but about the coach. Let me talk a little bit about Sean McDermott. He has coached the defense also this season as a defensive coordinator. We've seen him around the offensive side of the ball too. So it's not like he he left the, the offense completely on Dorsey's hands. He's out there doing his, his, his job as a head coach. But obviously, this offseason, he's focused on the defense, calling the shots. And from what we've seen so far, uh, it seems the Bills continues to be a mainly nickel defense, based nickel defense. And, and people who are out there haven't seen a lot of new formations. The Bills usually line up the same way. Uh, there were questions about... Uh, about how the defense has changed under McDermott so far. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Dawson Knox answered some of those questions, uh, saying that they can disguise some of the coverage and some of the things they are doing pretty well under McDermott. So maybe we can expect a defense who's less predictable than, than Leslie Frazier's one with the calls and uh, the way they line up. But mostly it's the same personnel, nickel personnel, Tyron Johnson on the field all the time and, and four-man rush. Uh, not many crazy stuff so far, but again, just three days. It's pretty early. A lot of vanilla stuff so far, the basics of the defense. We have a competition, a real open competition, the middle linebacker spot, and I'm going to talk about it shortly. But so, so far, the defense is being installed under McDermott and not a lot of changes and... To be fair, I wasn't expecting really big time changes from from Fraser to McDermott. Fraser always was McDermott's guy. This always being McDermott's defense. Obviously, he can be a little bit more aggressive calling the shots now, but overall, it's the same schemes, and I don't believe we're gonna see a lot of different stuff uh, unless McDermott is forced to. How so? If he doesn't have full confidence on his Mike linebacker, the guy who wins the competition. And if he needs to really make another guy call the shots of the defense, he's been a record uh, that he can move these play calling duties to another player on the defense, but he would rather have uh, uh, Mike linebacker calling the shot. So uh, the way I, as I see it, I think the only way the Mike linebacker won't call the shots if 
is if he really isn't uh, happy with the guy who wins the competition, right? One of them will need to win, no matter how well Dodson, Bernard, or Braylon Spector plays, one of them is going to win the competition. And it can happen that McDermott isn't really happy with the guy who wins the competition, but he will need to have a linebacker out there. If he isn't happy with the, the results of this competition, uh, he can obviously move the play calling calls to another player and have more of a three safety sets on passing downs, inserting Taylor Rapp as a, a dime linebacker and, and having just one linebacker in those situations. But you will still need to have this Mike linebacker on, on early downs, on rundowns. And I'm curious to see this competition on that side of the ball. Uh, so far, day one, uh, Tyrell Dodson started as Mike linebacker. Uh, day two, Terrell Bernard had his opportunity. And day three today, uh, Braylon Spector got his opportunity. So McDermott being true to his word that it's an open competition and everybody's going to get their shot. Dorian Williams, the rookie, uh, after being drafted, Bean was quickly wrote him off of this competition. Like, no, he's a rookie. He's going to practice uh, as a wheel linebacker, a backup for Milano. And... I believe due to all the bad reaction from the media, the fan base, like, how do you draft a guy in the third, guy, third round to be just a backup right away when you miss just missing your middle starting middle linebacker, start Mike linebacker? And they, they, they turn it around and put Dorian Williams in the competition. No, there is no reason he can't win the job if he, he is really ready for that, but we'll need to see because he's coming from, from a simplistic, simplistic scheme at Tulane. And, and now they again moved him out of this competition. And to be honest, it wasn't fair to expect Dory Williams to come in and win the Mike Linebacker spot right away. We know how McDermott uh, behaves with his rookies. It's not easy to, to be a rookie starter with McDermott. And especially in this position where there is so there's so many there are so many things so many responsibilities asked from the Mike linebacker it wasn't fair to expect Dory Williams to be able to beat the guys who are ahead of him in the mental part of the game so uh, the Bills have AJ Klein as the floor the veteran floor for the position a guy who knows the in and ins and outs of McDermott's defense but he's really an older guy uh, is really a liability in terms of, of uh, matchups and mobility coverage. And re he would really limit what the Bills defense can do in time in, in terms of disguising coverage and lining up and making Milano and the other linebacker interchangeable. Uh, Dodson is an underrated guy, in my opinion. I think he's been there for a long time now, like four years. He's been developed and he's a guy who has uh, mobility, who has strength, uh, who has some leadership qualities. Paul Miller in an interview was even surprised uh, when he was asked about this competition. He was like, uh, I wasn't aware there is a competition there. T-Dot is out there alongside Milano and he looks good. So uh, it seems that Dodson, just like Matt Parino when he was here with me in the lead in the chart said, it seems Dodson has a step ahead of the other guys due to his leadership and, and being the older the older guy. 
in this competition. Uh, anyway, he's an option, but I don't think he offers uh, what Bernard Inspector can offer in terms of athleticism, in terms of being interchangeable with Milano. And, and people who has followed my leading the chart for a long time now know how uh, Bernard is my horse in this in this race, uh, and the reason are the reasons are simple. Bernard was the third round pick. Uh, the way the Bills invested in Dorian Williams, they they've invested in, in in Bernard before, and and after one year learning and one year playing behind Milano and Edmonds, I and, and after all we've heard about him coming out of college. Uh, I'd expect him to be ready to take advantage of this opportunity because he's supposed to be a big-time field guy, a smart linebacker, uh, a leader type of guy, was a leader in the in the Baylor defense. So uh, all his makeup coming out of college screamed like a guy who could become this, this middle linebacker. And what worked against him is his size and or lack of size. But that's something that McDermott, Bean, and, and all the Bills coaches have uh talked down recently so i really believe uh bernard has a big time shot winning this job uh, i if i need to bet today if i was a uh, if i were a betting man I, i'd bet on bernard because i yeah th there's no doubt we're gonna see him being taken from for some rights by guards who are way bigger and and and, and tougher than him but we can see a lot of what we've seen from Milano in Bernard's game, in a way he can avoid blocks, in a way he can uh, run from sideline to sideline, in a way he can run with people in coverage and covering tight ends, linebacker, and even some kind of uh, slot receivers. And, and especially how he can be a playmaker. Because if you remember, uh, if you take into your memory from, from first action, Bernard's first action in the NFL, in the last year's preseason, he recovered a, a fumble and, and and scored a touchdown. And all reports during this offseason are about Bernard making plays, uh, being able to pick up passes. And yesterday, in his opportunity with the, the first-team offense, he intercepted another pass. So uh, during the, the, the OTAs, he intercepted some passes. So Bernard has been making some plays. He's a kind of a playmaker, and I think the Bills will be a uh, risk-reward type of middle linebacker if Bernard wins the job, because the Bills can be exposed sometimes due to his lack of size, but on the other hand, the Bills can benefit of some big-time plays from this guy in coverage or being around the ball all the time. That's my expectation from Bernard, and that's why I believe he's going to win this job. But we can't forget Braylon Spector in this conversation, too. Because Braylon Spector also is very athletic. He was drafted later in the same draft as Bernard two years ago. Uh, but let's be honest. When Stevie Johnson was drafted back in 2008, the Bills drafted Stevie in the seventh round and the Bills drafted James Hardy in the second round. And everybody expected James Hardy to be the guy. And he was nowhere near what Stevie was for us. So... Uh, the Bills can find some gems late in the draft. We've seen it for a long time now. Uh, back in the day, Kyle Williams was drafted in the fifth round. Joe McCargo was drafted in the first round. 
Joe McCargo was was supposed to be the guy, but he never became what Kyle Williams became for us. So we can't write off guys like Braylon Spector. We can't write off guys like uh, uh, Christian Benford. Those guys were drafted later on the same drafts as, as Kyle Elan, as, as Terrell Bernard. But those guys have some, some tools to work with. And one thing that we need to... to really have our hats off for Sean McDermott is that it seems that when the guys are inside the building, their draft status don't matter anymore. Yeah, they were drafted earlier because they have more tools to work with. They maybe have uh, higher sailing. They have uh, better athleticism. But from the moment they are inside the building, it's nice to have a coaching staff that gives the guys who are drafted later equal opportunities if you remember the, the day stevie johnson was here with me we talked about it and my main main curiosity about stevie's time with the bills uh was about how how was stevie able to establish his unique way of running routes being a late round guy a guy who who obviously had less room for mistakes less opportunities and and it's normal to coaches to be more demanding of these guys, like in the sense of asking them to do strictly what the coaches tell them to do. And Stevie was like, I knew I needed to show something when the training camps were out there, when, when we had people on the stand so everybody could see me winning those routes and could see how special I was. And with McDermott, it seems Stevie would have had... Uh, would have had a way easier job to be able to beat James Hardy. With, if McDermott were the coach when Kyle Williams was drafted, probably it would have been easier for, for Kyle Williams to beat Joe McCargo because McDermott gives equal opportunities to, to his late-round guys, and that's a, 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 a really interesting and... and and something that we get, we gotta give props to McDermott. I think it's pretty pretty fair from the coaching staff to give those guys opportunities. So I really have big expectations for for Bernard. Big part of that is because he was a third round pick, and the same thing I have uh, the same expectations for Dario Williams. I think he's Bernard a year ago. He's younger than Bernard a year ago. He's being developed to to maybe be a plan B if those guys can take advantage of this opportunity right now, competing for a starting spot. But we can't write off a guy like Spectre. And he had his opportunity today as a Mike linebacker. And, and the highlight, unfortunately, for Spectre was uh, a long touchdown from Allen to Diggs, a 45 to 50-yard throw, uh, where Dorsey could exploit a mismatch Dix running a seam route down the middle and, and Spector uh, was in a situation where he needed to run with Dix. So that's a situation where it's hard to believe Spector or Bernard or Dodson or Edmonds or anybody in the league to be able to run with Dix down the seam and, and avoid a, a 45 to 50 yard reception. So, but anyway, it's the, the competition is legit there. And I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, we are being able to watch all those guys getting their shot. But I still believe Bernard can offer 
the most for this 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 defensive side of the ball. John Roberts is out there commanding. Thank you so much and welcome, John. And he's saying Bernard is the fastest linebacker. I agree. He actually looks even like a safety when you see him on the field. Uh, his archetype and his body type, he resembles Jordan Poyer or another safety, right? He's not the biggest guy, but he's really fast and he can move and it's interesting. Uh, I talked about the middle linebacker competition. Also, the quarterback two spot is another competition that has been talked a lot. And day one, Dane Jackson was out there with the first team offense. Dane Jackson has established himself as a uh despite despite being a young guy he's he's been there for for three years now and 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 that's a guy who's very dependable it's pretty clear that mcdermott trusts this guy it's pretty clear that the other players trust him and he's even when he's got beaten last year he was in the right position to make a play and it always felt like he he was just a little bit late or a little bit uh far from the, the, the place where he could make a play and make big-time plays. So uh, I, it's really a, a game of inches. So the things can turn around for Dan Jackson real quick. And it's really good to have a guy like Dan Jackson to settle the floor. The floor that is settled with uh, Dan Jackson and the cornerback two spot is a higher floor than the floor that is settled with A.J. Klein at the middle linebacker, for example. So I'm happy that Dan Jackson... Is this kind of player, but it's also undeniable that Kyrie Elon offers another. It's not like another step; it's two or three steps over Dan Jackson and more length, more more potential to be able to be a lockdown guy that Dan Jackson probably is never gonna be. So uh, I'm anxious to see Kyrie Elon winning this cornerback two spot but he was the third one to get his shot yesterday christian benford had more opportunities and today kyrie hillen played with the first team defense the competition is wide open again the same things i told about the linebackers and opportunities can be said about the the cornerbacks and and another competition that i can't wait to watch with pads on and especially during preseason games i can't wait to see those guys on the field and I hope Kyrie Elon can be able to win this competition because I, I really believe he has the most to offer. But again, we can't write off a guy like Christian Benford who might not be as fast as Elon, but that's a long guy, that's a, a tough guy, a guy who can tackle really well, a guy who took advantage of his opportunities last season. And we might have somebody special in Benford. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, the situation the Bills uh have themselves on both spots mike linebacker and cornerback too can't wait to see the situation and john again here commanding and say cameron death is, is injured they see tyron brown yeah john thank you so much for the information it happened today densler had a hamstring injury a hamstring issue accordingly to brandon bean it's not a, a two three day situation it will take longer to recover uh densler was a guy who was I was intrigued by, especially because that's one of those that you can move to safety also. So uh, even Bruce Bruce Nolan from from our Buffalo Rumblings, when he was here in the lead in the charge, called it out back in the free agency, 
Cameron Densler being a guy that he would keep an eye on, a guy who could make the transition to safety due to his archetype, his body type, long guy, not a speedy guy, but not this time. They can maybe sign him back later, but for now, Densler's stint is, is, is done with the Bills and, and Tyrone Brown being brought in, and I can't say much about him so far. For now, a camp body, we'll see how he performs there. Uh, let's have a quick break for our, our sponsors. I'll be back shortly. So with the two main competitions on the defensive side of the ball uh, already on the books here, and a lot of competition, I can't wait for scenes of the the, same, the, the next chapters. But also, Vitor is asking, how healthy is Miller for this season? Well, Miller has worked uh, on the sidelines. He's on the pup list so far. Uh, he can be activated anytime during the training camp. Okay, being on the pup list right now doesn't mean he can't play week one. So far, it's so good. He's there. Jordan Phillips is also on the pup list so far. Tyler Matakevich. Those guys can be activated as soon as they get healthier, uh, as soon as the Bills want to activate them during the training camps, they can be activated. Right now, they are there, physical and able to perform least. Uh, Miller is working on the sidelines. From what we've seen, he's being able to move really well. He's already working on change of direction drills, uh, some pass rushing drills. And I'm encouraged by the videos that we've seen. He's wearing a, a brace on his leg, on his knee, that was uh, injured. But uh, the thing with those ACLs is the change of directions. Guys can still run in straight line speed, even when after they injured those ACLs and and when they they have the 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 the. So the, the knee clean out, they can run the strike lane without problems, but changing directions is what uh, is difficult and what, what is impossible when you you have this kind of issue. Uh, Von Miller is already working on those change of directions and putting the full his full weight on those that leg. So he, it seems that's going to be ready real soon. But again, the Bills don't need to be um they don't need to hurry uh, von miller up they can be patient and they can have him back when he he really feels well because it's not just being cleared by the doctors it's also the player feeling confident uh on the leg feeling confident being able to change directions and with a big guy like von uh it's important that he he trusts his leg he trusts his knee he trusts that he can go 100% without thinking. So I think from what I've seen uh, in the images from this training camp and from I, what I've experienced, not myself as a player, but from from teammates of mine that have had this kind of injury, he's at the, the point where he's regaining his confidence. The, the knee seems fine. Uh, he seems strong. He seems prepared but he gotta regain that confidence in his knee that he can do whatever he wants without thinking about the knee 
it seems that that's the point of the preparation that von Miller is right now. Um, still talking defensive line, not a lot of conversation about Peneza, uh, Boogie Bastion wasn't talking at all in the first three days, so and neither was Shaq Lawson. Uh, it's difficult to evaluate those guys without pads, so I believe from Sunday on we're going to be able to to see more and, and hear more from those guys. But so far, the rotations have uh, the Bills with Greg Rousseau, uh, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, and AJ Peneza having some shots as the first uh, team right end, rotating with Leonard Floyd, too. And, and Shaq Lawson, the second team right in. So Boogie Bastion working, you need to work his way up the, the depth chart for now. Let's see when the, the pads are, are, are on to see how this competition develops. And, and from the defensive side of the ball, that's it. On the offensive side of the ball, uh, I already talked about the, the formations. I already talked about the wide receivers. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the running backs. Uh, everybody are uh, everybody who's who's watching the practice can't help themselves to to realize how fast and how explosive James Cook has looked so far. That's awesome. But again, no shoulder pads. Let's see when the pads are on. Uh, Ken Dorsey in his interview was uh, quick to praise James Cook and how he has all the potential of the world to be a three down back. So, uh, again, it speaks loudly about how the Bills can trust James Cook in pass protection. That might be the, the, the biggest question mark for James Cook right now. And today, Brandon Bean was interviewed and talked about uh, James Cook and Damian Harris as Ying and Young. So, opposite kind of running backs that can complement each other. So, from being interview, it seemed like the Bills are again uh, uh, running a, a running back by committee approach this year. And that's the plan. But accordingly to Dorsey's words, James Cook has the potential to be able to, to earn more snaps and maybe become uh, more of a bell cow running back. Uh, it might, might not be as it was in the past with James Cook being on the field, like for 80% of the snaps, I don't think it's realistic nowadays, but he can earn maybe more snaps and, 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 and get like 60, 65, 70% of the carries over Harris. Uh, obviously when pads are on, when the, the, the real game situations arrive, we'll be able to see more and see if James Cook is really ready for this, this workload. I'm, I'm anxious to watch Cook on the field in this offense, too. No doubt about it. And Josh Allen has had some up and downs during these training camps. First day, the defense dominated. And second day, it seems the offense uh, really came back stronger. And Josh Josh has connected well with Stefan Diggs, as, as expected. Those guys never had big-time problems on the field. And so, some up and downs. The defense normally are ahead of the offense in this period of or this part of the year it's totally normal i think the defense has less uh things to work out regarding schemes regarding personnel 
regarding uh, the way McDermott approaches the defense side of the ball. I think it's more similar to the other years, even without Leslie Frazier in the fold. And even with the competition at cornerback two and, and middle linebacker spots, I think the defensive side of the ball lines up in the nickel as always, and it's kind of similar to what the Bills has run during those McDermott and Frazier's years. On the other side of the ball, uh, I think Dorsey is working with newer stuff, inserting more 12 personnel, uh, trying new variations, trying new concepts in the red zone, finding ways to incorporating Kincaid to this offense and, and smoothly transitioning from 12 to 11 personnel using Kincaid as a mix of wide receiver and tight end. So there are more things to be worked out. There are more things to be worked out, not just with Kincaid, but also to please Diggs, who's been vo who has voiced his concerns and he wants the ball and and by what we've been able to see and to hear from people who are there watching the practices, Diggs had a lot of opportunities in the middle of the field against linebackers, against safeties, against nickel corners. So Dorsey is finding ways to put Diggs in situations where he can abuse mismatches and, and take advantage of it. So uh, the offense is incorporating more stuff. They have more new guys out there. They have more... Uh, things to be work out so it's natural to expect the offense to struggle a little bit more right now and and it seems it's happened but but really not like oh they're struggling they're doing bad no they're doing really well against the defense that's pretty good that he's been a top unit in the league that really knows this offense so it's always difficult anyway uh uh a point that i i I haven't mentioned so far and a big part of the offensive also the offensive line the offensive line has has also an open competition day one they trotted out from left to right Bill Dawkins Connor McGovern uh Mitch Morse Ryan Bates and Spencer Brown day two they had the rookie Osiris Torres taking the right guard spot from Ryan Bates and the, the, the other positions is the same. Later, they, they made some switch and, and moved, moved McGovern to center, taking Morse away. And in, the, in this practice, in today's practice, Osiris turns again as the starting right guard with later in the, the, the practice, Ryan Bates uh, having some, some snaps in the center position. So it seems that Osiris Torrance has a real shot earning the starting right guard spot. Uh, I really believe he has the advantage uh, physically speaking. Okay, he can add an, uh, uh, he can really improve the physicality of this offensive line. And alongside Spencer Brown, they can be real nasty on the right side of the ball. That can be a strong side to run the ball to, to pound the rock. And, and even from those uh, Josh Allen designed runs where Mitch Morse is the leading blocker, going to the right, having uh, Spencer Brown and Osiris Torrance on that side of the ball, and then Mitch Morse as a puller, it can be nasty, it can be real, uh, a real 
uh, trouble for opposing defense to stop. Uh, but one thing that I, I keep in mind, and, and it's always tough to, to say because I really love Mitch Morse. I think he's a, a great vet. He's a leader of this team. And in my opinion, he's the best offensive line of this of offensive lineman of this team. But two years ago, the Bills uh, benched they benched uh, Mitch Morse for a week or two, uh, and and he's had his issues with concussions also. So the Bills are are preparing. Obviously, they gotta be prepared to have a backup center who's capable of keeping. Uh, the level of play on the offensive line real, real high, uh, not needing to care about uh, exchange, uh, the exchanging issues with the center and the quarterback, and that's fair to practice McGovern and Bates there. But also, I think Morse can't relax. He can't be, uh, make the mistake of believing that he's 100% safe because that's a guy who, if cut, he opens a, a big chunk of cap for the Bills to work with. It's not like the Bills really need cap to work with right now to add more players, but with the all the depth the Bills have right now, with Edwards being a guy who Cromer really trusts at the left guard, and he hasn't had even opportunity so far as a starter. McGovern being being brought in to be a starter. Bates being a really solid and versatile starter and losing maybe his spot to the the rookie Osiris Torres. I don't think Morse can relax and I, I think Morse gotta be at his best playing really well otherwise he can I don't believe he will but he can become one of those surprise veteran cuts you know do you remember when Fred Jackson was cut right after scoring a, an awesome touchdown during preseason and the Bills just cut Fred Jackson. It was heartbroken. Uh, we know every season it happens on every team that surprise cuts happens and 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 Morse isn't getting any younger. He's had his problems with concussions. The Bills have maybe uh, the idea of extending Gabe Davis sooner rather than later. The later, so. I don't know, man. I, I I have that feeling with Morse. I hope it doesn't happen. I really believe the Bills are better with Morse as the starting center. But I keep an eye on this competition inside during preseason because I I really believe the Bills have a a, a young and capable core inside right now. Uh, McGovern, Bates, those guys are 25, 26. Edwards, same thing. So Torrance is really young. The Bills can choose to go in a different direction um, and and Morse really opens this kind of cap. I don't believe it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. And one more thing to, to pay attention during the competitions, during the preseason. Okay, guys, the Bills will rest tomorrow and be back on the field on Sunday with pads on. And we'll have certainly more things to talk about. Sunday night at uh, 7 p.m. East, I'll be back with the lead in the charge, totally in Portuguese. And right after, I'll be recording uh, the observations in English about the, the Sunday practice with pads on and keep going. Right, Bills Mafia? That's your lead in the charge. Back in the fold every Friday at noon east via Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. Subscribe, hit 
hit that like button. I really appreciate you taking your time being with me, commanding all the guys, Eliandro, Vitor, Marcelo, Itamar, John, uh, Flavio, everybody, uh, Hager, D. Ring, everybody commanding here via chat. It's been a blast uh, interacting with you. And I will be back on Sunday. See you after Sunday's build practice, 7 p.m. East, leading the charge fully in Portuguese to Latin America, Brazil, Portuguese-speaking countries. And right after my observations from the practice with the leading the charge in English uh, on Sundays too. That's it, Mafia. Thank you so much for taking your time. See you and go Bills.